Today's playing from the Upgrade America podcast, the finale of the series, episode 100. What a ride it's been. Um, love you, Upgraders, foreign and domestic. We appreciate y'all rocking with us. Um, we don't talk about much as far as topics. We really just reflect on our journey through the podcast. That's what you're going to hear a lot of. Um... It was a bittersweet day. It was on Valentine's Day, kind of ironic. But I really appreciate Cam for all the work he's put in, putting this together, and myself. It took a lot of effort. Remember, this was all passion, no profit. Um, We appreciate y'all and look for us in the future. Of great America, peace, love, blessings. It's your homeboy Ice Cube, Upgrade America Podcast. Oh, yay, yay. Big Looch, LOX D Block, man. Silverback Gorilla up in here. Hey, yo, shout out to my homie Cameron, man, and uh, CJ the Day Slayer. You heard? They got the Upgrade America Podcast dropping. Hey, it's CJ the Day Slayer from the Upgrade America Podcast, episode 100, coming to you live on Valentine's Day. Yeah. Happy Sunday. What's up, This ladies? is my electric polarizer architect. The producer, law producer, Cameron Ryan. Uh, man, your life is grand, not without its challenges, but it's a game, you know what I mean? 2020 was a boss fight, we leveled up. Check out the new hat, 3D hatter on deck. You know, um, yo, I'm thrilled, man. This is so surreal. Like, piping yeah, it in, yo, what's up, Nye? Thanks for watching. Happy First lady. Thanks for supporting and, and all my endeavors. I really appreciate that. But, you know, like, we started this off. We didn't even have numbers on it. We were just doing it. And yes. now, you know, putting in 100 at the end is pretty wild. How you feeling, though? Like, a lot of people don't know about your role, man, as far as the organization and keeping this the ship moving is behind the scenes is mm-hmm. very critical, man. And the motivation and... <laughs> I like to say you have the most facts, like, <laughs> the most facts to the table. Oh, man. Nah, um, thank you. Nah, it just, it was something that just evolved over the program. You know, like, I laugh. Two of my favorite episodes are probably, like, Sex Education and, like, our first episode. Because you can hear the difference in, like, experience and, like, doing the show and, like, things like that so it just naturally evolved because i was paying attention to other podcasts and like paying attention to tv shows like okay Mm. what do they do to organize kind of the show and so that's basically where i got it from and then we just kept tweaking and trying different things and yeah man you'll see a lot of mistakes have been captured on the podcast you know editing verbiage and even you know this wrong facts and stuff like that but it's been a growth process and a journey it's been very wonderful i've loved it and episode 100 yeah this is it bro um so let's check out what we got on the rundown but right. not a lot of news i mean main headline i guess donald trump was impeached again and he was acquitted meaning like 
Teflon Don. And so it's like, what does that mean, though? Like, he, that means he can run in 2024. We discussed uh, him doing it independently or with that third party. There are others who are saying that that would give an easy Democratic win. But, you know, we discussed how his group, his, uh, his base is so charged and polarized. What do you think? Yeah, I see him giving it definitely after beating two impeachments. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I could see him running just out of spite, like revenge kind of thing, because he is like that. <laughs> so I could definitely see that. And he definitely had a, I think he had a great OJT experience. Mm-hmm. Don't know on the job training experience of being president. So actually, I think he would be more lethal second time around because I was now, getting ready to ask you, is there any benefits to taking a four year hiatus with that OJT, as you so described, with processing all that information, making plans and then going back into the office and then just, you know, doing what you do. Yo, Sergeant D, fellow defender. Thanks for watching this episode. This is our last one season finale. Truly appreciate it. We were in Osun together. No, pardon me. We were in Kunsan. We were in Korea, but in Kunsan. Great times. What's up, Harsh? And hold on. It's somebody else. Uh, Rose LY30. What's up? How y'all doing on IG? Thank you for joining. Um, yeah, I'll be curious to see what he does. I think so far he's been pretty low-key too since he left the office i mean because all the social media kicked him out yeah i think it gave him time to actually reflect and think about kind of what he wants you know i think i think it's probably a good thing what do you think what do you think it is what do you think he wants he's gonna reinvent himself somehow Knowing him, that's one thing you could say about him. He keeps popping up. He reinvents himself. And another good example is Snoop Dogg. Mm. That's yeah. how he's so relevant since, what, 92? 91, 92? I read an article about Snoop, and he was saying, like, he had a murder trial. What was the first album that he put out? Uh, what was it? Doggy Styles' his first album? His what first album? Sound and Murder was the case. I think that was his next album or was that on that was either on the deep cover movie soundtrack or it was on the chronic i think it was deep cover movie soundtrack that's what that song was on but he was saying he changed his whole style up after beating uh that murder charge one because it's like (laughs) his own lyrics were being used against him in a trial for your life like a murder is is no joke yo jay said what up sunday vibe here you know it but like you're in the trial for your life and your own words are being used against you so that made him change up his style because you know we came up in the 90s gangster rap like everyone was like yo we (laughs) biggie's lyrics are he's said some wild stuff you know but that was the epitome of gangster rap but in a as you mentioned he he evolved man and that's what you gotta do. You keep doing, reinventing yourself, and, and keep on changing. But since we're on the subject of, of hip hop, you know, and um, you know, artists e- evolving, you want to discuss that Jay Z and Bitcoin endeavor? Yeah, yeah. I see you sent me that, and I thought that was interesting. But it's not surprising. He's very um, 
forward thinking. I will give him that. So oh, I told you. He's always looking for the next thing. Now, um, Nas I hear is, was very big in the crypto as well, or is very big in the crypto as well. He had some, uh, or has some crypto endeavors. But I wanted to show you this because, you know, I'm always preaching Bitcoin, Bitcoin, crypto. Mm-hmm. Is that when you have more adoption, when more people have faith in it, that drives the price up. And so if you can get in on this, this crypto now, like it is speculated that one Bitcoin could be worth over a million. You don't have to buy an entire one. You can buy like 10 cents of it, still get a return. Yeah. Jay Z is teaming up with Twitter CEO to invest twenty three million in Bitcoin fund. Like recently, uh, Elon Musk, Tesla, yeah. they just threw a lot of money into Bitcoin, which I dare say is partially responsible for the the, the bull we just experienced before. But more companies are getting there. Like, yo, this Bitcoin thing is a really great idea. Like, let's get on board. And Jay-Z's doing it, too. So, uh, let me just read from here. Tech investors Sean Jay-Z Carter and Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey are on a mission to make Bitcoin BTC the Internet's currency. Mm. Two billionaires are investing 500 Bitcoins. So, that's collectively Bitcoin into a new endowment called B-Trust. With the rapid rise of Bitcoin in the last few weeks, the 500 Bitcoin investment is currently worth over 23 million. Wow, that's pretty dope. But again, mm-hmm. biggest takeaway, this is the best performing asset of like the decade. And I dare say the century. Something that was worth like less than nothing in 2009 is now worth $43,000 a piece. Let that marinate. It's coming, bro. Um, I, I told you I'm gonna have to finally get into it at some point because it's it's in my face, like natural progression. I see, I I can see where it's going, in a sense, you know. So I'm like, well, yeah, probably gonna have to get on that. Um, fortunately, I'm gonna be creating a a new channel for crypto. I haven't named it just yet, but um, I want to discuss this and, and get people in. You know, on this this revolution, this crypto could be the biggest uh, redistribution of wealth, like ever, and it's decentralized. So that means everyone can get on in on it. It's not like these hedge funds where they're exclusive mm-hmm. and you know they're leaving people out. It's like yo, it's it's open to the public. But yeah, I think that's going to be a great thing in a sense, and I think that the old traditional systems of monetary is definitely shaking in their boots right now well i totally agree with you on that and it's like they have the money and the resources like get on it and it makes me wonder why they don't but apple is coming out with a cryptocurrency as well and it just makes you think like i preach it all the time like cash is gonna die but like is that what the society will become like you're exchanging apple bucks for starbucks Starbucks bucks and you know other cryptocurrencies mm-hmm. corporate cryptocurrencies like I don't know it's a possibility yeah I don't know I mean it's naturally going that way you're starting to see Bitcoin accepted here even when you go on shopping and online or whatever so I mean it's here it's coming it's just like when we first started using the internet to buy stuff same concept um like so natural to do it like it's, it's even more convenient to use the internet to buy and 
going as far as it seems. Yeah, I remember. Um, I do have a couple of questions going back to Trump real quick. Okay. Um, well, we already figured out the, impe the impeachment was uh, unsuccessful <laughs> for the second time. But I was going to ask, did Trump challenge our thoughts about democracy and politics as a whole? Oh, absolutely. Like, prior to Trump, granted, uh, I, Ronald Reagan, was he in the entertainment prior to politics? Yeah, I heard he was, yeah. He was an actor or something like that. But was like, prior to Trump, at least my perception of politics was these cardboard cutouts. Hey, shaking hands, kissing babies, and, you know, that type of, just your political archetype. You know, just so generic political archetype. They all seem to fit into that little, how do you say, category, but they had their own little uniqueness. But Trump seemed to challenge that all together with his language, his rhetoric, and just... He really shook up the system. Mm -hmm. and yeah, and it, at the same time, it challenged... Um, the news has been authority for, for for a long time. Everyone has went through the news for facts. And he made everyone question that with the fake news. You know, and it's like it's blatantly obvious that, you know, agendas are spun and and in turn, but he really made a lot of people, particularly with the Q Anon crowd, that's an entire revolution of itself. So yeah, to answer your question emphatically, yeah. So I was going to ask this question. I was just sitting here thinking about it. I was like, did he drain the swamp and actually make Americans critically think for a change? Uh, no. Because it's like... The best way to put it is mm -hmm. politics is a swamp itself. So it's like, even if you purge the Loch Ness Monster, you purge Swamp Thing by, like, default. Some some other creature is going to be drawn to, to that power vacuum. And look where we're at right now. You have the whole, you know, whole polarized Democratic House, you know, White House and, and others. So it's like... It's a messy business. It's it's a business of swamps. So, um, <laughs> that's that. What do you think? Um, the the one thing I really liked, and we used to discuss it, is I saw avenues where he could have, I guess, drained the swamp when it comes to bills. His bills were always like one page, maybe two or three paragraphs. That was it. Like in regards of draining the swamp bureaucratically, administratively, mm -hmm. I feel like he was on to something. Unfortunately, it's gonna go back to status quo, I feel like. Like that part, and I know people were clowning him like, oh, this is something like a fifth grader would do. But if you really read the bills, it was in plain English for the most I part. Like and it was kind of like, you know how quickly we can pass and get stuff done if all our bills are written like this and presented to the American public. And so, I agree, and it, it makes me think, because they say most bills are not even written by the politicians, they're written by the lobbyists. And then they're just given to the politicians and they're like, yeah, I like this part, like maybe you should take that part out. But, and that's 
clearly evident when you look at these uh, these stimulus bills that are like this. And you're talking about 5,000 pages that no one's ever going to read. And um, so there I will agree with you and I, I applaud him for his brevity. And I, I do think that's an effective way to write bills. Um, as, far as, as far as making uh, Americans critically think, absolutely. I think he definitely influenced that more than probably any other president. I would say in modern history, because we we only been around for 30 something years. And we all probably only been paying attention to politics, what, since, I don't know, got out of the military for the most part, because we were taught to be non-political, apolitical in the military. So, yeah, I mean, based on what I paid attention to, like, man, like, all right, like, even with the fake news and all that, yeah, it's silly at times, but it does make you think, like, all right, you're not getting the full story. Once you start looking yeah, at other sources, then you then you can get the full story. So, um, yeah, I say in those two ways, yes, absolutely, force people, even people that don't like him had to look at him like, mm, you know what? You got a point here. Makes sense here. So what do you think it would take for the American people to make that transition back? Make the transition to... Like, what would... Where would Biden have to fall short for people? Because they're going to hate... They hate you no matter what. Mm -hmm. Power, it seems. So it's like, where where would he fall short that would sway the the pendulum back to uh, Trump? So, so far he's failed with this impeachment. That's already, I don't know if people are realizing this, but that's already on his record now, like twice. Like I would say that's a big failure already in his ongoing term. Where he's succeeding so far, Biden, is the vaccination. Those seem to be like on trend to hitting their mark. because you see that they're vaccinating like pretty much everywhere you shop, like Walmart, Walgreens, like grocery stores. I've really? seen that at least in Florida, they're pushing for that. Absolutely. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I did not. Uh, I'm gonna look out for for that, but I have not seen them or so, notice it. But I do feel like somebody had brought it up on Twitter. I forgot who, but they made a brilliant point. It was like when. Democrats were in the minority. They couldn't um, get stuff done or something. They cried that they could get stuff done. Now Democrats are in the majority, they have all the power and still can't get stuff done. Hmm. So I was like, damn, that's an interesting point as so far as this impeachment. The, what do you think the, the constraints? <sighs> They're so interwoven together their backdoor deals, their off-the-mic conversations, mm. their cocktail hours with each other. You got to remember, these people mingle with each other. They're politicians. Like, they're going to hang out with each other because they can't really trust other people outside of that bubble as much because they got to watch everything they say, watch everything they do. Mm. So in essence, hanging out with another politician, even if they are Republican or whatever, they understand they're in the same boat. So it's kind of like this unspoken <laughs> like fraternity, sorority kind of thing. Okay. So 
I don't know. To answer your main question, I have no idea, to be honest, because the failure of this impeachment, to me, is a clear sign that it's politics as usual. It just has a different packaging. And I, I believe that as well, because it, it almost makes you think, like, what was the point? What was mm-hmm. the point? It's in the American people's tax money, like, all this, and, and, and dragging lawyers, and, and and I will give them this. The lawyers made it, like, it was like a show. It almost felt like watching, like, a Law & Order or something like that. <laughs> they, they, they put some enthusiasm in. They did some storytelling, you know, a little song and dance, and I was like, wow pretty cool and in the end you know trump was acquitted but what was the point and i give you credit on this and you said this when we're talking about the insurrection or fake you know failed coup Mm -hmm. that trump's rhetoric was very strategic on what he said and i looked at a clip of his lawyers defending him and i was like damn I was like, yeah, I said they couldn't nail him on that because he used very ambiguous language. Ambiguous and figurative. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, <laughs> the only thing I got to knock him on is saying we're. By saying we're, it's it just, you know, it entails that you will be also walking towards the Capitol, and he didn't. But at the same time, I think maybe just that adding that element to it like like he would also be doing it also put batteries in people's backs like yeah like let's go do this but i kind of foresaw it i'm like they're not gonna you can't you just wasting time like the way the language like you said was constructed and he mm-hmm. has lawyers i'm very confident i mean giuliani was a lawyer he has teams of lawyers look over these speeches before he gives them you know, and he has to have that plausible deniability. It was huge change. But um, again, yes, it does make the administration, uh, the current administration, look weak. What? I just don't know what to think, to be honest. Like, and doing this program has made me really look at politics in a whole different lens. Like, just a lot of soap opera ish and i kind of see that too and that's that's really what it's what it's been like and it's it's funny because it's been like the only show going on you know Mm -hmm. covid covid and this it's like here we are like mid-february and politics is still like a thing after the election Wow, science, man. Episode 100, baby. I know, man. Uh, I wanted to ask this well, question, put this statement out there. The journey of making Upgrade America from beginning to end, what has that been like for you? Oh, man. <clears throat> um, the journey of it. Man, it was what? Ruby Tuesdays. Man, we were discussing nuclear just before any talk of running for president or any just back and forth. We were discussing Iran's nuclear arms policy through WhatsApp Messenger back and forth. And just the conversation was so wild and so intriguing. I'm like, why I'm having this is a great conversation. It's like, why should it only be reserved to 
to me and CJ. And then I guess that's when we supposed to do the podcast. And it started off like, <laughs> you know, we didn't have any direction. We were just talking and going with it. And then kind of looped into two, Upgrade America to the book, where I wrote Upgrade America Policy for the Future. And we were discussing a lot of those subjects. And it really felt like a think tank, man. We really went in there. Hey, this is a problem. These are some some ideas how we can do that. And then we just laid it out. Worked with a lot of guests after we gained more confidence, you know. Worked on the video editing skills, added some music. <laughs> and then just progression-wise, I mean, you, you see the beard progression. We all started clean shaves. Yeah, I know, right? Body, <laughs> clean shaves. Like, yeah, we beard, we're seasoned. You know? <laughs> and then what we, we went to SoundCloud. We went to, and that's yeah. what, you can list all the mediums that we're on. All mm-hmm. I can tell you is about YouTube. You know, we, we, we had some metrics, really outstanding metrics with that, but what mediums are we on on the audio? I know we're on Apple, which is an accomplishment, proud of that. Yeah, yeah, that was big. I still remember when we got approved for like Apple and like Google Play, like I was so amped up. I was like, yes, if we get on just those two, we're golden. You know? So once I seen that approval, once I started uploading the whole process, it was like amazing. Um, it was a lot of work, like uploading all those episodes because we didn't start out that way. It kind of yeah. was like in the middle of doing it. We're like, oh, we got to put this all on audio. And audio has been like amazing. Like the support on audio has been dope. Like, matter of fact, let me pull this up since this is the last show, like kind of pull up some metrics. Okay. But SoundCloud, I can pull up SoundCloud too real quick. You can talk as I'm doing this real quick. Yeah, I'm actually looking for some metrics on um on YouTube. Okay. Because yeah, you bring up a really great point. So I need to find my channel. And then the metrics on that. And audio blew up so well and we went international to our upgraders as we call our listeners and viewers um domestically and internationally i was more surprised internationally too um how much of an impact we've seen to have made yeah so real quick we got of all times we got forty-six thousand views over uh one that one point three one thousand point one point three thousand of uh watch time hours hundred fifty subscribers over you know we got some archive footage too mm-hmm. they're saying our reach so our impressions were over a hundred and nine thousand I'm trying to figure out where um, they get to tell you where your source is coming from. A lot from Google searches, a lot from Twitter. You know, it's um, very international. Yeah, like, um, uh, let's see, all time. Okay, now we get something. <clears throat> so on SoundCloud, we had 
464 plays as of now. 41 comments, three reposts, 86 likes. Uh, countries, Mumbai. We had, oh, well, that's city, sorry. Go to countries. United States had most plays, 229 plays, United Kingdom, India, and then cities. Well, let me see. Yeah, we covered basically the globe. I'm looking like yeah, Russia, Ireland, Russia, Canada. Ukraine, Egypt, Morocco, yeah. Mexico, Venezuela, yeah, to Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Vietnam, Brazil, Colombia, Indonesia, Germany, Japan, Peru, Iraq is on there, South Korea is on there, Saudi Arabia. Tanzania, Hungary, yo, and I'm just picking these at random. There's a uh, our, our reach was global, and that's yeah. a really great sensation to be like to be able to broadcast to the world. Like back in the day, and I'm talking about way back in the day, mm-hmm. it was a really unique experience for people to like broadcast to their neighborhood on like an AM radio channel. Yeah, you know, doing something similar. But yo, now in this wondrous 21st century, we can reach the globe, you know, and, and we did that. So yo, like I named some unique countries. We got Argentina, Guyana, Portugal, Denmark, Pakistan, Maldives, Ghana, New Zealand, Iran. Shout out, <laughs> Japan, Latvia, no, Latvia, Morocco. Finland, Mozambique, Greece, Jamaica, Lebanon, Mongolia, Czech Republic, Colombia, Taiwan, I mean, Haiti, I didn't know that one, Angola, Guam, Kuwait, Belgium, Vietnam, Mexico, Bhutan, Indonesia, Egypt, yeah, man, it's a lot, global reach, and then, real quick, on the podcast side, let's see. All time. Uh, I wonder if it has all of them. All time. Here we go. So, yeah, 2020, we did our most damage in 2020, obviously. Very aggressive. Yeah, uh, let's see. Our reparations episode from July 14th had the most plays mm-hmm. 103 plays. Uh, United States, we almost had like almost all the 50 states. We're getting close. And it, it might come up at a certain time, it might pop up. Let me see, breakdown of age. So our biggest group of listeners were our age group, 35 to 44. Um, it's pretty much split now. Remember it was more females than males, now it's like, pretty much split like it's 42 percent female 40 percent male and then it's like non-specified 16 percent and non-binary is two percent so those are like robots and like the fbi uh could be it could be people just didn't wish to identify their sex that's not getting from that what's up we got passports on ig5 passport myself Oh, you got you got to update yours, right? Yeah, yeah, man. So lots of places to see. Um, check, out, check out America. <laughs> cruise all 
there's a lot of places in America I didn't see yet. So. Yeah, word. Um, I'm trying to think of other metrics that are interesting. We had 200, no, 2,385 all-time plays. Audience oh, of, yeah, audience of 14 based on <laughs> recent episodes, 26 unique listeners in the last seven days. So what defines a unique listener? Uh, let me read what they say that is. Okay. Number the number of distinct devices determined by IP address that downloaded or streamed your podcast in the past week. So that's what it's defined as. So Yeah, man, it's just the last episode. Uh, what else you got on your mind? I know you said you had some questions, some thoughts. Like what do you think was uh the biggest takeaway from uh you know doing the podcast uh for me learning how to be stoic and learning how to dissect the world around me differently Mm. is probably the two biggest things i've learned um another thing discipline and then learning new skills like, yes, I agree. And how to speak, like, kind of like a politician, as you always tell me. Like, I, <laughs> I sound like a politician. Nothing wrong um, with that. But reading out loud, people don't, people sleep on that skill. Like, reading articles out loud is a hard thing to do. Not everybody can do that. Um, just preparing for each podcast on top of dealing with balancing your daily life. You now, that is, uh, that's a challenge. Yeah, like I agree. But um like I guess my second question you kinda answered I was gonna ask you like what skills you'll be taking towards like to your your next goal, your next uh, big thing, like what skills will be transferring over I get the whole you know working on speaking mm-hmm. That definitely translates to everything, transfers over to everything. But um, I guess you, you know that question. Mm-hmm. What would you say we could have done better? Or I can speak from my end for sure. I learned what I don't like doing this. <laughs> and I am not a big, I guess, promotive kind of personality. Mm-hmm. Like, listen to my podcast. Watch my podcast. Like, that's just not really. <laughs> I will. I will be excited about the podcast, and if you ask me about it, I'll get excited. Then you'll see my passion. But I noticed, like, that would be marketing and stuff. Like, I would outsource that kind of stuff. I'm not really into that because I understand a level of tenaciousness and like con- constant. You got to be constant. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that shit. Like for me, it's like I hate that shit. It's annoying as hell. Like up here, it just annoys me. So I'm like, but yeah. I know that's a way to get people in. But I hate doing that. Like that's something I really discovered. And I kind of dialed that down myself. I figured the best way to promote something is like with the swag, because I hate that too. Like I, w- I wouldn't want to be like, oh. Buying groceries. Watch my podcast. Watch my podcast. Watch my podcast. <laughs> but it's like, 
at the same time, like having unique swag, unique merch, and having people genuinely, hey, what is that? Oh, you know, this is my podcast. Oh, really? Yeah, you can check it. I like that approach better. And that's why I was spending, I stopped doing the, how do you say, guerrilla marketing. What's my podcast? What's my podcast? Yeah. And then I transitioned more into like focusing on the merch. And for me, I find the merch has been very successful. And it even helped, you know, transition to my, my next endeavor. The 3D Hatter is making, you know, making these hats. But that's, I guess that's one skill that transferred over for me because the whole purpose of getting into 3D printing was to make that Upgrade America hat. That was just so awful. <laughs> it's like a bar of soap was stuck to my head. But like, hold on, man. Yeah, I'll say that's the biggest thing. That's the one thing I was laughing about thinking about. I was like, one thing I just hated was, and I also realized I enjoyed being behind the scenes a lot more than I thought I would. And I was like, oh, I kind of like this organizing and kind of throwing in concepts and tweaking. And like, I enjoyed it. I don't mind some camera time, but I'm not heavily into it that much. Like, it's like, I'll do it in doses. I would do it definitely in doses. Um, I don't know. I just enjoy the framework, just trying to figure out how to organize and innovate. And like, I enjoy that stuff a lot more. Now, could you so, see yourself working in media, like outside of the podcast? Maybe. Um, definitely radio is my favorite medium, but yeah. I could see you being on some kind of show or something, depending on what the show would be about because also doing this podcast i don't want to be on something i don't agree with necessarily I'm not saying i'm a, i would agree with everything but something that doesn't if i it doesn't feel like i guess spiritually or doesn't match up kind of to my values overwhelmingly like if it's way out left or whatever yeah i wouldn't do it but if it's something where i can disagree and still gain something from it or learn or whatever i'm cool with that um i would have to look up what that would be like like what i guess a producer i guess i would okay. do that behind the scenes i think i would like that though it's like they're the unsung heroes of how movies and shows and all this stuff works it's like you don't really hear about them and I kind of like that. I kind of like being on the radar, but I could see my work and point to my work like, yo, I did that, but then I'm cool. But I think I like that aspect myself, you know, it's just like the producers like getting all the resources together and creating it. Like for instance, like I like 50 Cent Soul Power thing. I don't really watch the show myself, but the concept mm -hmm. of it is, is very brilliant. And it's just like having a story and then bringing talent in to portray that story, putting music behind it, you know, things of that nature. Like, that really sounds like, a, it sounds like something fun. Mm -hmm. This Upgrade America gave me a real great taste of, uh, of production. Like, and man, we, we take it for granted. Like, yes, one do. hour of production is, takes a lot of time. Yeah. I suppose that was one thing that started, um, when we were first doing Upgrade America, I got carried away. I'm like, I want pictures here, pictures there, pictures everywhere. 
And then it was like pictures and gifts and graphics and stuff. And yo, that took so much time. And I'm like, yo, I gotta simplify for, for you know my own sanity. But like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> production is cool. I could see myself. I want to do that on another level, but I kind of want to do it with like not an action sci-fi movie, but maybe a short film or something to play around with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would definitely, after doing more of a news kind of situation, definitely would like to explore other avenues just to like break it up and then sprinkle in news in an entertaining way. Um, but yeah, that's something I learned too, like how much it drains you when you're when we were going over all, especially last year during oh, George Floyd and all, like it's so draining. But that news was like every day, and I realized like yeah, I couldn't do that day in day out like that. Like it would have to definitely be like let's talk about books, let's talk about music, let's talk about this. Yo, what up, Trav? Thanks for watching. Big shout out to my broski. Oh, yeah. Salute, dude. Trav. But, um, yeah, I kind of want to do something more. Uh, I, the, the news, just taking all that, it, I do, but I, that was overwhelming, and it can be overwhelming. But at the same time, I want to do a broadcast that has more, creates more value, you know, and information, you know, that's not so so draining because politics can you know it's heavy it's real heavy stuff but at the same time doing some fiction mm-hmm. pretty cool too but this was a really great i suppose upgrade america would be our uh when we do do this uh this bow black owned entertainment this will be a really great series to, to put in there but let me ask you this would you consider because we own it giving the name out to uh, other broadcasters who, you know, we vet them, of course, and have the, the saga continue. Yeah, I would I'd be cool with that. Because I think what we require is very simple. Mm-hmm. Like, we want the information. It doesn't, we want different lenses of information to aggregate it to where it's a full picture. That's the biggest thing. And me and my mom go back and forth about this, but she does have this coin. She's definitely <laughs> more fanatical about this, but like the mainstream media is horrible, bro. Like, <laughs> and like, I agree with her. Like when you read like just, I don't know, Al Jazeera, for example, or Democracy Now, like these are different news outlets, but they provide a different level of depth and they're a little more like raw about the the information it's not so sanitized and pc'd up as much so they used to show uh beheadings of like you know i want to say there's like not the beheadings but like whenever uh american soldiers were were like if they video footage if there's video footage of ied attacks mm-hmm. or things in Iraq or uh, Afghanistan what have you Al Jazeera used to be like the first to show beheadings all that stuff like that I I do recall like maybe 2008-ish time frame but yeah they are pretty raw and and explicit but journalism needs to be that way we shouldn't be censored we shouldn't be uh, spoon fed 
It should be if reality is harsh, the people need to they deserve to sit. You know. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing is hearing from the people that it, it directly affects is key. Hmm. Like, I think that's another thing that news needs to really focus more on than anything. Yeah, you have your seasoned journalists or broadcasters, but you really need to hear from the people on all sides of whatever the situation is. So how would you go about, give me a scenario on, on how you would go about doing that. <sighs> and it's tough because of, this is why it's so hard. I could, I could say for America, it'd be easier to do, but other countries it's harder because of censorship and government control of media and internet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I say for, I'll use America as example, say where I live at, like they tend to do it. They'll talk to the residents, but talk to a diversity of residents, like different ages, different sexes, like, um, hey, what is your take on this story? What have you heard around the neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Kind of more of that human communal approach instead of trying to get that quick bite to go sensational or viral or something. I get what you're saying. And it's just like a matter, and I get what you're saying, but it's a matter of the value of information. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you just ask some random person and then, you know, it's... I get I get what you're saying, but I think that would be the biggest thing is getting valuable information. Mm-hmm. At the same time, someone who has boots on the ground, they're in a, they're in a city where, you know, for instance, uh, in, in Syria, you'd want to talk to the people who are, who are there, you know, who are being affected not, or not fighting, non-combatants. And then, if applicable, get some, um, you know, some insight from both sides. Oh, and absolutely. So I think it would be like, I wish, like, I know in, how do you say, civilized war, like law of armed conflicts, they respect journalists and, and, and things of that nature. But it's like, you can't go up to a bunch of gorillas and be like, hey guys, I'm just doing a story. Can you tell me why you're, tell me why you're fighting, why you're mad? And like, no, they're gonna try to ransom you back to the United States, you know? I wanted, this is something I want to do. Maybe I'm, I'm wild enough to, to go try that and uh, go to these crazy places and, and get the real story. But um, I don't know. Yeah, there's something. When I get that passport back, or maybe I'll just start it in, in America and see what's really going down. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I wouldn't mind having other people like do the reporting and stuff like we kind of, I would honestly do boots on the ground with you, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't do it on my own, if that makes sense. I feel it. That's and just me. Really gotta have backup, man. Yeah, yeah. Like as far as me being comfortable with that, because like I said, I already, I already know. As we discovered, we've been discussing like my evolution of what I've been going through from my work trip. I already know, like, yeah, probably not the best for me to be around those kind of situations, unless I got somebody I can look in the eye and be like, and we got, it. you know, we got our own little language so um yeah, no, you, know. you know it um 
This is um, it's been a, I think one of the biggest benefits for me, and it helped me to not get pulled to either side of the blue mm. spectrum. Good point. And I think it's very easy to do that, particularly when most people think you only have two choices. And the way the state is of the nation is now, it's almost like the Democratic rhetoric almost made it seem like if you are a Republican, you're a racist. Mm-hmm. And like at the same time, the Republican rhetoric almost made it seem like if you were a Democrat, you're like socialist and snowflakes, all this other you know rhetoric that they're using. Mm-hmm. I think both sides have some very great ideas, policies, and, and what have you. It just takes some collaboration of of the both, and that's why I think you know that was the biggest thing here is just remaining neutral and be like, I like that, I like that, and you know, having that finding that middle ground. Yeah, and I think that's the frustrating thing. Like we and. Don't get me wrong, we're two different people, but we got shared experience, mm-hmm. but our philosophies were different. Like, and we were able to, like, if you can watch the whole thing, our whole series from beginning to end, we finally got to a point where it's like, damn, you know what? That makes sense. You know what? I see it your way now. It makes sense after talking about it, reading and like observing and coming together. Like, I finally saw, like, it got to points where I'm like, yo, I agree with you. Like, I wasn't even gonna fight it. It was just like, makes sense. And that's because we kept going back and forth. We kept challenging each other. Like, but we also worked to try to find a common solution. I agree. That's what pisses me off about our government right now in politics is they don't seem to be able to do that shit. And I I, I agree and it's, it's really makes me wonder where we would be if so much time again we, we discussed the failed impeachment but where would america be as a country if if the country wasn't trying to fight itself and that's why again it, it, shout out to george washington political parties are like they're, 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 they're awful. Like, yeah. They really, when you really consider the capital seat, whether it was promoted by, you know, Trump or, or, or what have you, it was still some, it's almost like it was in league with, with the political party. And um, there's got to be a better way to do that. And I guess if that's the biggest takeaway, people taking notes and everything, like, we have to figure a, a better way to, uh, because democracy almost failed. It almost failed. You know they they uh, they said that the nuclear football, Mike Pence's nuclear football, almost got compromised. What? Think about it. Really think about it. Wow. No, but let's put this into perspective. Mm-hmm. There's literal army i had boots on the ground in the capital when they did the siege and there's a literal army guys had high speed radios teams ready to move tactical as soon as uh, you know the green light says go 
And it was like the mob that was going in was at least 150. Remember, there's no military people. There's hardly a few cops. Senators, congressmen, people were hiding for their lives. But who was in there? Pence. Right? Yeah. Pence was in there. Why wasn't he like evacuated anyway? Oh, no, he was was definitely evacuated. But how many goons do you really think he had with him? Not many. What do you think they was packing? Maybe a Heckler and Koch MP5 at the most. Yeah, if, MP7s now because they're more efficient. Yeah. And that's just a 9mm. And you're talking about what did we discuss? One of the biggest threats that is those. You're talking about assault rifles or technically whatever. Carbines that can fold up into backpacks. You know, <laughs> like. There is a, a possibility that could have been compromised. But, hell, it's been, um, it's been a <laughs> wild broadcast. We covered a lot of stories. Yeah, we did. A lot. I, I'm, I know the case agents from, you know, from FBI, NSA, our people out in the Central Intelligence are like, I know they're probably like, man, they're, they're gonna miss all the good intel, but yeah, that's true. Shout out to you guys. We know y'all yeah. listening. Um, we know DC, Silicon Valley. Shout out to y'all. We know y'all listening and watching, um, even though y'all are censoring us, so to speak. And that's another thing too. Like, actually, the timing of us ending the series is kind mm. of because of the demonetization of a lot of people like us. They're trying to share information that's not mainstream or challenge mainstream seems to be getting censored. And that's something that's interesting that I was hearing murmurs and reading things from the Democratic standpoint, basically how the reason Biden won was really because of the media. The media is the biggest reason. Big tech as well. And... um... That is concerning, and is I like the thing that you said, quit while you're ahead, but it doesn't mean that, you know, the algorithm can't go back and say, ah, scrub this, scrub that, scrub this, True. You know? yeah, and we, it's, we some wild stuff. <laughs> yeah, we have, we got some, we got some wild stuff taken down, but at the same time, I agree, 100 is a great place to stop, and it's like, I know we're going to create in the future, man. I'm going to create, got a documentary called uh, The Back Road to the White House. Kind of incorporates with Upgrade America. It's more or less, it's showing the process and the journey to run for, to independently run a online campaign for President of the United States. I can't wait wait to watch that. Or any public office for that matter. Yeah, because you got a nice cameo in there. Very, very flawless cameo. Yeah. Amen. But like all of these things, you know, like all of these deliverables, we can put that on that that black owned entertainment. And then this is an invitation to other creators as well. Like particularly creators who, who are too real, who are being censored. You know, like let's make this channel and you know put our creations out there for the world. We, if we can control it, they can't take it down. Unless it's on AWS and then, you know. <laughs> yeah, we figured it out. Their policies. Um, 
I don't know, man. I'm just thinking of all the other possibilities now. I really, for me or now, it's like hitting the reset button, recharging, refocusing. Mm -hmm. uh, so this comes at a good time. It was hard telling you that, bro. I'll be honest. Like, it was hard telling you, like, bro, like, I'm out of gas, bro. You know, like I said, I'm glad we, we got to one. It, that's really fine, man. It's like, if we went to 15, and you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. That would still be cool. Um, it's like, we, we, no one can say we quit. Yeah. You know, it's like when you do something 50 times over, you, no one can say you, you quit. We did it 100, you know. And here's the thing. It's not like we, we took winter breaks. and No. No, no. We grinded through these 100 episodes. We took maybe two hiatuses. Yeah, and then, two, like, probably two or three at the most, yeah. But we pressed through it, and if the, if anything, that is a testament of our dedication and, and perseverance. To mm -hmm. be honest and quite fair, we've been in, like, what, two and a half years? Yeah, actually. I mean, not even counting the origins of it, because we were basically doing Upgrade America between each other. <laughs> we just didn't put it out yet, but... Um, we have those lost tapes, but yo, we didn't make a dime. Not one single time. No, that's what people don't realize. Like, we were doing this strictly out of love and passion and um, wanting to share. With no doubt. And it, yeah, it, it's uh, it's interesting. I remember when you were, we were doing, what, two episodes a week? Yeah. You, put out, you was doing all that editing. Oh, man, like, I don't know how you did it. On top of writing, like, Two ebooks, filming a documentary, running for president, like maintaining your household, relationship stuff, like all this stuff, bro. All like, of that was, you know, all of the, the ebooks and all that was part of the campaign. So it's like, I don't, now that you mentioned it, I don't know how I did it. I didn't do it myself. I had a lot of people, you know, working with me as well, but like, shout out to Nine, shout out to you, of course, CJ Day Slayer, shout out to Ramsey. Like everybody on the team that was like really helping me with all these stuff, yeah. you know. Shout out to Tressa uh, as well. Like a yeah. lot of people uh, behind the scenes was, was helping and, and pushing. But like, if they <laughs> done a hundred episodes, like if any, even if just one person found value, you know, because like the right information can save your life. You know what yeah, I mean? Absolutely. You can change. Yeah. It can change and save your life. So even if one one single person got value from our hundred episodes, you know, then I am fulfilled. I do this, I live to inspire. Like as I mentioned, we didn't get paid to do it. No, no sponsors, none of that. Like we just did it, bro. And I think it's something to that for me, at least intrinsically, like knowing that it was all just us, just will. And will and effort and dedication like and to go that far on on will and effort alone it, it, i'm gonna tell my my tombstone story again it's like i went to a graveyard one time and then it was just like i seen these little rocks some of them were rubbed out like you couldn't even read what they said mm -hmm. and this is what people left you know like this is me remember me like it's a little rock that no one comes maybe people jog in the graveyard time to time, but no one's gonna see that. I'm not saying this is my tombstone, but this is a part of a digital legacy 
that if the algorithm doesn't scrub us from existence, we'll be long, we'll be around long after we're gone. And you know when um, everyone's like, "Yeah, what was Grandpa CJ like?" Watch <laughs> watch his podcast. He is a wild man. Yeah. His ideas on nuclear on nuclear proliferation. Oh boy, I tell you. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I just think about. And you the one that dragged me into the 21st century, like screaming, kicking, but you're like digital legacy. I hear that and I'm like, before the program, I've been like, what? Now it's like, makes sense. Like that comes to show like how far we've come, like on a lot of things. So it's like, yeah, I don't know, man. It's sitting back thinking about it so much with this program um am i gonna miss it yeah do i think it's time for us to evolve and transition absolutely it's that oh, time to get no um i'm not going to miss editing <laughs> i know you are all right with i got better with it but I, it's still tedious and i think the next channel i'm just gonna go live bing boom it's out there and keep that moving because editing is just like ah that's uh it's there's yeah it's it's an exercise yeah and you gotta think like for these major motion pictures when mm -hmm. they wow. oh my god or documentaries ah. ready to mix it down where there's a scene that there's like if you notice most documentaries they're just five second clips endless five second clips <laughs> And then, you know, you eventually you have some dialogue in between, breaking it up. But yeah, it's going to be, this one's going to be fun. We got clips from Mount Rushmore, Niagara Falls, New York, yeah, Orlando, like all over America. So, and then we got a lot of interviews as well. Got an interview with two uh, independent presidential candidates from 2020. Um, well, yeah, yes gonna be a really great film i can't wait to see the documentary um and then i just i don't know we went through so much i remember weeks where we were just like bro <laughs> we were just morale we were just beat up like just life and we were just like all right we just gotta push through like coffee energy drinks like yeah man i was like i only drink red bull once a week and it's so I could get pumped up for, you know, for the podcast. Yeah. Um, interviewing. I mean, what is one of your favorite interviews from the guests? Oh, uh, man. By far, I want to say top two. Like, interview with Marcus was dope. So my cousin, uh, who's the pilot. I yeah. learned a lot from him and just hanging out. I always loved hanging out with him and discussing. He's very intellectual. Also, um, interview with Matt, one of my former colleagues. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about the ransomware, which yeah, cool. yeah. But what about you, man? We had a lot of great guests. I know, we did. Um, I Ransom enjoyed cousin. I enjoyed Tressa. And I enjoyed um, ah, what's her name from NYU, New York Echo. Yeah, yeah. The music um, station was fly. Yeah, she was dope because. 
for her, for me, listening to her was a like an insight in somebody younger. Cause you gotta remember we're we're from millennial generation, but we the old the millennials. And she's basically what, Generation Z, I would say. I'm still confused on these younger generations. Yeah. Like basically they grew up with the internet. They come out with everything digital. Hmm. Compared to us, we grew up in analog and digital. Like we watched yeah. it. Um, Supplies, I, so. I still recall how do you say recording music from the radio. <laughs> so I remember that friends yeah. W Tang Clan thirty six chambers over my mom's gospel. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the other interview um, that stuck out. Those two for sure. Travis was good. Um, oh, yeah. Travis, yeah, great conversation. I got a lost tape with Travis, too. Yeah. yeah. Put out. And he had a lost tape with your sister, too, I think, right? He did, but the footage was like, it cut off her face. And oh, man. We didn't get to, we didn't get to publish that one. But mm. we get a lot of episodes we didn't put out. Like, Oh, yeah, I forgot about archives. that. That one on intelligence, open source intelligence. I don't think we published. You put that. In? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. But there's a lot of great ones that we didn't uh, we didn't put out. So I was like, I'll scrub through the thumb drives, the archives, and all that. See what we can see. Yeah, I got most of the audio on the external hard drive. At least okay. video wise, that's a little different. <laughs> but yeah, audio, I got a lot, of, a lot of space. Yeah. I got, so I got, I don't want to say all of it. I got some of it, but it's here. Please, YouTube, let us have our uh, yeah, let it rock, man. Content. Um, I'm trying to think other interviews. Man, we did Travis Tressa. We did Nye came on. Uh, yeah. Lance came on too. Yeah, that was a good that one. My chief, yeah, it was dope. Um, my homie came on. That was an interesting podcast. Yeah, that, that was right. That was one of our most active as far as Facebook and I think IG was very active from I think viewers around that time. I forgot what other episode was very active. It was so active. It was just like nonstop people comment. Oh man, yeah. I remember which one you're talking about. Yeah. I was like, wow. Um how was your reach on Facebook? Since we use different mediums, I don't, you know, Facebook reach has actually been really great. And what I like about Facebook is, like, for one, you can see the sometimes you can see the comments coming up, but people can share it to other groups. So, like, there's political groups on Facebook, but you can share political podcasts in there. And if I'm doing crypto or something like that, share it in the crypto groups. Yeah, I was wondering since I'm not on Facebook because it's the devil. For me, so. <laughs> I've been hearing uh, things about it too. And yeah, it, but it's a medium, so like I was curious from that angle since you're in that. And from <laughs> IG, I noticed, like, a, I know my homeboy, he was like, Yo, I watch all your episodes. I was like, what? And so it was kind of shocking. This is kind of where he gets it from. I get it YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, all right, and then I think with IG, the immediate, I could see people and respond and everything. That was hard at first, trying to multitask, like, all right, how does this work? So see, for me, it's like every now and then, like, mm -hmm. the pop up, because when it's done and then I see it, I see comments afterwards. So 
I, I just when I see him pop up, then I, I shout him out. But overall, I'm, I'm really debating like the next medium to use. Like if I want to rock with YouTube for the live broadcast, or if I want to do Facebook, or if I want to. Um, it's it's some decisions. I'm. Um, yeah, and I was gonna try Twitter, but it's weird with Twitter. Twitter is a weird one as far as I don't. It's weird. I have the most intellectual people I pretty much follow on there. Mm -hmm. But because they're intellectual, they're not going to really sit down and watch it in a sense. Like, because they're going to be doing other things. So I was like, I was trying it out on Twitter and I felt like it had been perfect for Twitter. But maybe how I package it or present it or something, maybe because I didn't promote it enough on mm -hmm. Twitter, that's probably why, but I feel like Twitter would have been perfect for our podcast because and, and you can, the conversations you, I have on Twitter. Wanna, say again? You can go live on Twitter? Mm-hmm. That's how I, how much I, how I know I neglect that app. Because like... Well, I'm not on Facebook, so... <laughs> so. I feel you. I'm, I like Facebook just for like their business pages too. And they link with the uh, Instagram and I don't know. I'm really trying to imagine a world without it. Mm. I know you're unplugged from it, but you're still an IG, which is still like a cousin. Yeah, so, and, and, uh, WhatsApp. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's there's. I kind of wish they uh, stayed separate. To be honest, I'm getting ready to say that too, because from what I'm hearing is the data from WhatsApp is going to Facebook. Obviously, duh. But it's like when you're you're hearing confirmation of it, it just makes you think, and it's a little it's a little weird. It's creepy to me, if anything. But um, what has this? How has this podcast helped you professionally? Like as you're working your regular job. Doing <laughs> And how has it harmed you, you think? Or do you uh, think it's harmed you? So, I'll answer your, your first question. How has it helped me? Like, definitely on the speaking. Like, as far as, like, forming my thoughts and clearly uh, trying to uh, say what, uh, what I'm trying to communicate, it helped me with that. And I know... So, I, uh, no, I was going to say, I, I do cut you off. A lot of times, but I, I'm becoming cognizant of that, and that's something I, I have to work on. And in a corporate setting, you know, that's always good to be aware of. But even in class, like I'm going back to school, cybersecurity, it's online, you know, but we're doing lectures, and so it's like people interact, but sometimes they're reluctant to interact. But for me, it's like. Yeah, I, I talk. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But if, you know, if I'm not worried to speak up. So I think being comfortable speaking has, in different environments, has it, the podcast has given me, you know, courage to speak up more. How has it harmed me? Well, um, professionally, they say that there are two things you should never speak about is religion and politics. Well, we... <laughs> discussed like a lot of these things at yes, so it's like it's one thing to say it like in the office and your boss overhears it in the cubicle you know it's another thing to have a literal visual record to replay over and over and over again you mm -hmm. know and i like to think i conducted myself professionally yeah drop a few f-bombs here and there for emphasis 
but like I didn't call for violence or uh, I, I like to think we are very constructive our podcast is very constructive like <laughs> while whatever your opinions are on our policy uh-huh. these that I propose like overall it was constructive like because some of the policies I'm pushing like marijuana is still in prohibition state federally but being an advocate to that what does that hurt me professionally I don't know someone could be like oh he was on the podcast with a pot hat on there like you know what's that about so far no administrative actions have been taken like for anything I've done on here but I know pop corporations are really big on on you know your, your presence and that's why I don't even say the corporation I work for because I don't want to affiliate affiliate the two but sure. in the future algorithms facial recognition it's difficult to say and particularly when administrations are heavily in league with corporations and values conflict there i could see could be a potential issue in the future but you know we're on the road to being self-made we're gonna get our bread outside of uh, that racket so not concerned what about you uh one of the viewers listeners says Tell Cam I applaud y'all for the long run and the dope podcast, Air Punches. We got this thing, Air Punches. <laughs> uh, appreciate it. Um, how, for me, mm, honestly, well, at least at my last company I was working with, I think it enlightened me even more on how business works. Mm, what do you mean by that? Mm, because you got to think all the articles and stuff we're talking about well now when I go into work I have this new information or outside information mm-hmm. that I can use to analyze how my organization was running like oh well I know this happened in the news so this affects how we do this in this part of our business now okay. like I started connecting dots a lot easier um it was tricky balancing being as honest and like my total self on the podcast and remembering that somebody is going to see this from work at some point and be like (laughs) having to explain that or something like that but i think i made it pretty well known at my last organization that i was very outspoken which is part of the issue i had um because i was very outspoken I think it would have kind of been par for the course. I was just kind of surprised I didn't get pulled in HR or something quicker. Like, and I don't feel like I've said real crazy stuff, but I can see something they would, I feel like my last organization would have used to try to get rid of me or something like that based on our already working relationship. (laughs) Well, I've heard a quote, like, you know, like the moment you get hired, someone is already trying to get you fired because you're costing money and yada 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 personal reasons sometimes unpersonal but it's like did the podcast give some ammunition i mean heck yeah they got plenty of sound bites they can be like if they were to take my words out of context and say see on segment here be blah blah he said this like oh, they're heavens but like you know 
But if you read it in all and then listened to everything in entirety, maybe. And at the same time, I got great value from self-expression, and I needed. So uh, that's a risk that uh, that that I have taken. And Absolutely. <laughs> I pray there's no harm comes to you know to myself or, or to you. Yeah, I think um, I had a theory, and we talked about. I think it was either your sister or your cousin mentioned like, hey, you know, they probably looked up something because I remember I did have a job interview, and like I know I could do that job, mm-hmm. but. It- it sounded promising, did a phone interview, blah, 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 and then I didn't hear nothing from them. They was like, they was like, all right, bye, go. So it was almost like they dropped off the earth, like the company that I was interviewing with. And I was like, I wonder is that, because I think around that time, I forgot what we were talking about on the podcast. I think we were talking about unions or something. So I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that yeah you know florida is not very union friendly as a state so they do have unions i want to put this out there people Mm -hmm. they do have unions in florida don't think they don't but it's not union friendly so there's like and it's like and i get you know this the theory that my sister proposed Mm-hmm. But like, are all H- I could get if you have a huge company and your HR department is like, you you got the manpower. But if you're a small HR company, like how deep do you investigate? It's like a top secret clearance, like. So- yeah, I don't know. Good point. Oh, uh, my homie Ryan said I was militant as fuck at work. <laughs> I had the manager shook. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, shit, military, militant, yeah, it kind of makes sense. I've learned how to be uh, more strategic in my activities at work. Um, Sometimes I gotta tone it, I had to tone it down too. It's hard, and, and this is the thing I was trying to explain. It's so hard because Air Force, you're taught, you have a solution, present that shit. If you got a solution to a problem, fucking speak up, do that shit. Like, that's just how we are. We built like that and we built off intelligence to improvement. Like, that's what we thrive on. And I think too, also being in our career field, there are so many times where we have solutions and we get ignored and we get shot down in the sense like, nah, this is how we do it, blah, blah, blah. And you know this, like that culture was hard to break through. Like I've fought so many battles in the Air Force professionally. Yes. Why can't we do it this way? And then that's how I learned. Well, do you have a solution? Well, not at first, but then once I started getting solutions, now it's a problem because it disrupts the status quo. But I mean, I I do think that's one of the biggest things. I guess one thing if you're causing to now, but like if you call something out and you have a solution, it should be considered. If you're a if I don't want to question the intelligence of leadership. If you're an open minded, sound leader, like, hmm, that's not a bad idea. It shouldn't matter where the solution comes from. It doesn't have to come from you. You can still take credit for it. You know, it's, it's good as a win win. Yeah. You know, uh, I I do there's a lot of people who wanted to come on the show mm-hmm. and it's just like 
they were reluctant because of the the stranglehold that corporations put on them and they used an example of uh, a colleague of mine he used an example of someone who wrote an essay or something and he got denied in the harvard because of it like something he wrote like 10 years ago but wow. same is, is same thing is with this you know it's like if the algorithm doesn't scrub you it's on the internet forever yeah yeah we definitely made peace with that i remember we we had our talks about this like you know this is gonna live forever right it's like well you fuck it let's just do it like it's gonna live forever but then something else we have to wow you know we have our lovely upgraders and, and you know people showing us love and support <laughs> you got haters from all around the world we like oh word like this is how you feel and that's up there forever too but I mean, because yeah, I remember those conversations we went back and forth, especially uh, about geopolitics, especially. Um, that's why you see the diversity in countries, countries that you would suspect can't really get access to see our program or listen to our program, but somehow they have. Yeah, because I mean, we are discussing them in, in, as far as yeah. policy and the possibility exists that our friends in Washington can go, hey, that's not a bad idea. Like, Thanks, guys. But um, you mentioned it before, like that you've seen our policy. Like, how much do you think? And I'm not just saying us in particular, but like extra people, groups like us. Do you think they have power or influence over Washington? Like, do you think Washington takes ideas from? I get it; they take ideas from think tanks, like organized think tanks, but do you think they outsource ideas to other facets as well? Um, outsource to who? Explain like, that. It's like things that we discuss on Upgrade America, but we've seen it play out in the policies conveniently, coincidentally, if anything. But do you think like people in power will be like, yo, it's one thing to get some information from the Bilderberg Group or from who or from, um, how you say, the UN? But <laughs> I think to get some information from, you know, like, hmm, those upgrade America guys are, are they're on to something. Or, you know, or something else. Like, I absolutely, you know, I believe in that. Uh, we've seen a result of one of our episodes, and then we see something change like the next week or a few days later. So, that's um, that shit was wild. Like, I was like, well, I said, yo, Cam, look at this. And we were both like, what? Well, what I thought was funny, too, with that is, like, we were discussing the transsexual thing. And then, like, literally, we did it on Sunday. And then, like, on Monday, there's some new policy from Biden with the with transsexuals back in the military. I'm like, but, yeah, I agree, man. It's... It's wild, yeah. and in, in your when you're in leadership, you should diversify your uh, your sources of intelligence. I think absolutely they paid attention because who not to know the people on the ground that's living mm -hmm. it every day. You got to think we're people on the ground, we're average citizens, so they don't have that insight anymore because of their. Remember, I was talking about it earlier. They're in a political bubble, so to speak. So they're not really in tune with their constituents like that until they actually go somewhere and show up. 
Hmm. And especially now with COVID, they really not into it now because you got to do Zoom shit. You can't be all up in each other's face and stuff. Well, man, you really put that in perspective. Like the wealthy and powerful who were isolated before. Now they're more isolated because of COVID-19. Wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah, their perspective or reality is, is really skewed. So I, I do believe, you know, we provide some valuable insight onto what's going on in, on the ground and, and whatnot. And I was thinking about it too, especially being in the uh, lightning rod state of Florida. Mm-hmm. We've been pretty much open since, what? April, May, I would say open compared to a lot of the country. I think it's us, Texas, I think Tennessee, Indiana, since I was just there, it's pretty open. Um, Yeah, like, and then going to say PA, Mm -hmm. going to New York and seeing the total difference, like, wow, like, and then you doing your road trip to South Dakota, seeing those differences traveling through lockdown states and then also open states. Like it's, it was, I'm sure you have stories on that one. It seems like the red states are, are wide open. But if you're, uh, you got appointed CDC director, you got the call. Do you make the rest of the United States like Florida or do you make Florida and the rest of the United States like New York or California? Oh, if I had to call? Yeah. Um, at this point, since we're vaccinated, you definitely open everything up, bro. Mm. Maybe not necessarily international yet. I'll be very selective internationally. Mm-hmm. But domestically, absolutely open that shit up. And then you kind of let states dictate what they want to do from there. But you open, you at least leave the option, hey. Function as you must, social distancing. If you're sick or whatever, get checked out, stay your ass at home. If you're elderly with underlying conditions, kids take special precautions the best you can. Cause kids is kind of like under the radar. They don't really talk about what to do with kids. Yeah, I'm really yeah. hearing sure. I hear the open yeah. back school, but what does that mean? I don't know. Cause they're even, I just saw it on the news I was doing laundry. They were talking about the vaccine for kids. And it's just totally different compared to adults. And I'm really curious on, I would think kids would be kind of the priority first if you're going to create a vaccine. I mean, I know adults, our immune systems, I would say, are what, for the most part, have been through more. And maybe that's why they kind of focus on adults. But aren't they stronger? Are the kids? I would think the kids are stronger. But maybe, I don't know. I'm really curious on that. And we didn't, I guess, dive into that as much, but something I was thinking about here in the news. Because it's like, if they really wanted to make the case, they'd make the case, oh, millions of children are dying. But yeah. They're hearing more about older people, and every now and then you're saying, but every now and then it's killing strong, healthy people. Yeah. So, like, interesting point. But it's just, um, I don't know, man. This uh, COVID thing... Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how does COVID affect the upgrade America? <laughs> Yo, I'm in. <laughs> it was just... We stumbled upon it. Like, yo, somebody ate a bat. Now this shit happened. 
And it was just like, I just thought, yo, it's just going to blow over, whatever. And then we stumbled, we covered it, we made jokes about it. And then we started looking at those numbers. And I was just yeah. like, you know, like, what the fuck? Like, if this trend continues, it's going to be like the whole freaking world. And we, for a long time, we got drawn into that COVID. Oh, everything was COVID, COVID. <sighs> COVID, COVID, COVID. And it's just like, you said it yourself. Like, we were getting drained. And we were becoming the doom and gloom news. And he, you called it, and I'm glad we deviated from it. I remember we just pivoted to something, like, just ridiculous. We are like, yo, let's talk about, like, working from home or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, um, man, this is... This COVID thing, it, it's weird. It had us going into, or at least me, myself, going in more into the conspiracy alley thing and this whole new world order, what have you. But um, it changed the world, man. And it changed politics as well. Yeah, and it's ironic because you you are ahead on a lot of this shit, bro. And we used to go back and forth like, huh? And you like, bro, I'm telling you. And I'd be like, huh? <laughs> then see it all play out in front of us like, damn. And then doing the show and seeing like everything we were talking about before it happened, happened. Like actually play out. And we're sitting here like, what the hell? Like, oh. <laughs> Like, that's where the program really hit me. It's like, we are pretty damn accurate on a lot of stuff. Like, it was just amazing to see that, like, working from home. We were talking about that. Like, um, I'm trying to think of examples. Um, oh, the whole the life force thing. Yeah, seeing that play yeah. out. But the whole, the kids going to school online like before COVID we discussed that also and it was just like it made sense and then not necessarily for COVID but just for what you're paying for buildings what you're paying for everything else but also the ability to distribute standardized information not if you go to this school district you're going to be a little dumber because you're getting no no standardized across the board but Again, the information is there, it's archived. I hope people can learn from it either now or in the future. Like, yo, this is this was a, a nice start. Because, yeah. you know, there's more to come, not necessarily from the Upgrade America brand, but, you know, other things are in, in the future. But what other, um, what other projects or, or endeavors you got coming down the pipeline? Um, right now, like I've been telling, I'm just on hiatus, man. Me personally, um, I know you've been urging me to write so bad. You're not the only one. And I enjoyed you. I read some of your writing in the <laughs> and, I, and I enjoyed it. Thank you. You inspired me to do it. Cause I'm like, I didn't think about writing in years. Yeah. Yo, right. I don't know. I still feel like I might go to that at some point. Mm -hmm. I just have to like work. I just gotta have to put myself together. Self care is a big thing for me this year. Like just really repairing myself, getting right. Um, 
So that's the biggest thing on my mind right now, project-wise. But you know, like, I mean, we're not doing this, but we're still gonna be communicating. We don't stop communicating. We'll probably end up RVing at some point. Um, yeah, I don't know yet. Right now, everything, I just kind of, honestly, just shut everything down. Like, pff, let me just focus on, like, get myself together. Yo, and that's what, uh, that's the biggest thing right there. I want, when the world opens up, I want to go to Spa Castle and have a spa day. Like, I, I need that for my, my self-care. That would be wonderful. But, I mean, um... Yeah, I told you, I'm going to keep this hat business pumping. I want to do a crypto channel. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm thinking about doing another channel as well. Just the, I told you about Salesforce. I just yeah. want to do the activities, record my screen, and show other people how to do that so they can get the certificate. And that's another one. It will be an educational channel. I got you. You know, and that's just something... It would help me, you know, because I would be doing it, help me study for my exam, but also it would be helping other people. And yeah, you'd be doing them. like you'd be teaching basically, you'd be yeah. an instructor. Yeah. But it's like the biggest thing is like mutualism. And that's why I want, if everyone strove for that, define deals, not like, yo, let me get the best deal for me, let me get the best deal. Find the best deal where everyone wins. Because if you get the best deal and you win, you know, it always seems like, yo, someone got to lose for you to win. Yeah. It's always screwing someone over. Even in business, it's like, yo, if I can sell this guy a shitty car for and I can get all his money, then, you know, you, that's your win, but he's losing. But some way we must come to equilibrium where there's mutualism where there's mutual exchanges like that's why i said with skyward it's a mutual thing you can have this you can have wealthy but you can you can end poverty and you know we we all can coexist with within a, a system of, of mutualism but that's the biggest takeaway i can say from the show is like look for that win-win in, in life and you know it's the best way to get it um my question with that, do you ever think we'll see Skyward here on Earth? I feel oh, like we'll see it in space, but not in Earth. Well, again, I don't want to go with this whole uh, Nostronomic prophetic vision, but it's no secret we're dicking up the, the ozone, right? We're, we're messing up the ozone ecosystem. Let's just say it does get hot. It gets ferociously hot to the point where you can't just walk down the street and go to the store because your skin will fry. It's only going to make sense for humans to live indoors, indoor cities. So all of those who are not fortunate to go to Mars, well, guess what? You're gonna have to build this motherfucker. So get to it, because it's, it would make more sense to do it on on Earth first. So like, I studied up on this Mars thing because it is intriguing, but it's like, you ain't gonna see me on that first flight. <laughs> so they set up environments in the Amazon Mm-hmm. Not necessarily SpaceX, but other people who have similar ideas. They wanted to get this whole notion of isolated, free city, whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and like, more or less, if you're on Mars and the, sy the system fails, you're screwed. So you got to master it on Earth. Like, and pretend that there is no outside world. And the people who are doing this experiment, they failed. Like, sometimes they'd have to get, like, 
paramedics or something like that. But it's we even we haven't mastered that ability to do it here. Gotcha. But we need to do it on Earth before we do it on uh, before we do it on Mars. You need to do it on the Moon before you do it on Mars. But yeah, ideally, doing it on Earth would, would would make the most sense. Like we're going to transition to to mega cities because that's going to have the smallest carbon footprint. When you're talking about oh, driving trucks of produce from one side of town to the other, that's creating a, a, a carbon footprint. People are naturally going to live closer together. Plastic, it only makes sense to build uh, build from that. When exactly? If I had to take a guess, within the next 20 years. Okay. Within the next 20 years, these 3D printers are going to get faster, bigger, and, and, and cheaper. Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes sense. I'm like, I know we're talking about this 3D printing especially, but I'm thinking of the Venus Project. Remember we mm-hmm. went there? Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking about how they were talking about also building on water. So building on the ocean <laughs> as well. So uh, you bring up uh, me and I, we have this conversation all the time. Because ideally I want sovereignty. Like, not just like, yo, some land in the middle of America. No, I want sovereignty. They're probably not going to give me that in America. Mm-hmm. But, same time, international waters, plastic floats, like, you can build on the ocean. And I think they say God's not creating any more land. But I am. And that's something, a, a secondary thing I thought about. Like those, uh, like we saw in the Venus Project, those water cities. But what do you think? Yeah, I think we're going to use everything at our disposal because of, and let's be clear, people don't realize we don't even use all of America right now. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not so much a land shortage, it's really the people who own the most land. Mm. Probably the issue more so than a land shortage because look at Wyoming and like North Dakota and places like that, like, they're sparsely populated. So there's plenty of land you can actually live on, I'm sure, that they're not using. Like, I would say Florida is almost <laughs> probably going to be used up in the next 10 to 15 years based on just yeah. watching locally. I can see them running out of stuff, except stuff that's set off for uh, conservation reserve kind of thing. Besides that, absolutely, Florida would be like developed, fully developed. What, what about Texas? Texas, nah. Texas got so much land, bro. Second biggest like, state. Alaska, so much land, like. And um, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, you know, just whole tobacco guys and you know, having to look at houses real quick. And you see some nice houses, but you don't get land. You don't even get an acre. So, but in Texas, man, when I tell you, they give you land for days. Yeah. And it's like. I'm surprised you didn't consider Texas, to be honest. I did. That's a big move. That's a real big move, bro. But, like, new rule that, uh, particularly for, I guess, for black military veterans, should be some sort of land discount, you know what I mean? Like, that whole proclamation that was never granted. 48 years ago. Uh, was it General Sherman? It was Sherman. 
I thought it was Lincoln's proclamation. Or was it General Sherman? Yeah, I want to say, was it Lincoln? And, well, it was somebody in Sherman that would talk. I forgot. I just saw it, too. I, I'm blanking out right now. But uh, they no follow through. So, again, we dance around the topic of reparation, but you still have the ancestors of slaves who fought in the Civil War who are fighting in new conflicts. And granted, the VA homeland is, home loan is wonderful. At the same time, I want some makers. Just throwing that out there. You can keep the milk. Yeah, that's true. Um, just interesting times we live in. Um, one thing that interests me in that Venus project when we were there is just like, what frustrates me is we have the technology basically to do everything to solve our problems. Oh, indeed. Yet we don't do it. And so going there kind of highlighted, even though it was, be honest, it was weird being there. And I think we were the only black people to went here or something like that. In the middle of nowhere, yeah. Yeah, like no cell reception. I was like... going to say that. Like, it was even... <laughs> <laughs> like, uh... so you want to leave the toast in the car? Like, yo, bring that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but at the same time it really gave me some great insight and yo jock was a was a visionary and like the architecture was it was really inspirational i haven't had i didn't master the, the design like of what skyward will look like aesthetically but i really would love to use some of his concept ideas in there yeah um I don't know, I was just, oh, so I'm thinking about something I probably would get into, I don't know if I would be able to or how I would do it, is get into transportation here locally. Hmm, now what do you mean by that? Like get into um, bringing mass transit here in Florida, like pushing that movement. Like union, I mean, lobbying, like Maybe not so much lobbying, but just getting, working side by side on who's in charge of the future of transportation here in Florida, especially locally. You need to wrap to, um, I don't know, I was going to say Elon Musk is getting ready to build a Hyperloop in, in Miami. Yeah, see, I'm just, because I see so much potential. And like I said, working at Disney, when I mm -hmm. was working out there, I would see the monorail. And I'm like, yo, this would do so well here in the city, connecting communities and neighborhoods to the main train system and then also extending hours like seven days a week and then holidays and all that you drastically reduce cars on the road drastically and then you got uber lyft buses still got traditional taxis but and then business wise that was spread everywhere because people build along metro lines or whatever pop-up real estate food just everything. So I feel like, especially Central Florida, because we're growing so fast here, that's one of the reasons I like staying here is because I've watched it boom. And I can kind of see where it's going, but that's like the big key. If they can figure out that transportation issue. I was getting ready to say, like if you can make it where like you don't require a car. Yes. Like there's a very big, one of the biggest, benefits from i mean grand new york city was so expensive the other day but like you get shit faced and you wouldn't have to worry about driving because the the trains were like 
at the time were, so, were, were very efficient. Mm-hmm. And like it reminded me of like Korea. Like you would get around all hours of the night, you know, without having to drive. And yeah, in, in some of these cities that, that needs to be a thing. And I, we, I did mention before, like new rule, like government should provide funds for, for people who are willing to bring these services, particularly our services that benefit the entire community. Like there should be assistance for that. Yeah, and like I could think like, and then you build in these trains, handicapped, you know, if you're deaf, you're blind, um, hard of moving, like, you know, like lower seats. So, you know, you build all that into it. Bro, like, that would be awesome here. Like, it would really, you would have so many other corporate headquarters and like business here based off just mass transit. If we just improved that here locally, we would take off even more. We couldn't even keep up with demand. I already know that. Could you automate it? I would probably make sense of automation because I would want to use those funds for more like security and like workers to help assist people. Like I like the little program they have here. Like I took this, it's called the Sunrail. And they have like a person to help you buy your fare, help you with the schedule, help you with all this kind of thing. But I would say, yeah, automated probably be one of the most efficient things. So then you're not worrying about paying a person and all this kind of thing. And we already have it at the airport, the automatic people mover, as they call it or whatever. And that's what I was thinking. That's automated. And if it's just a straight shot back and forth, I don't, I don't see why not. But public transportation needs to be upgraded. It's, um, yeah. you really want to discuss reducing the carbon footprint? Yeah, this is an, a sound investment. You know, the, the monorails, but even at the same time, uh, when these self-driving cars come out, like, a fleet of self-driving electric cars would be way better than having, you know, just buses just traveling around. But, um, just the future that I, I, I foresee is going to be very, very possible, very, very exciting. And again, all the information is here for y'all to take notes and, and make these things come true. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you asked one of my future goals. I still might get into local politics somehow on a local level. Maybe like somewhere like city planner or something. Some like that effect I would be interested in. Or like, um, what would you call it? Neighborhood revitalization? Something like that. That kind of stuff I'd be interested in. And I just saw a, a link on LinkedIn about that, which I've been talking about. Why aren't they doing this? Like revitalizing like our worn down neighborhoods with businesses. And like revitalize that stuff. That's all you have to do, curb appeal and upgrade their technology. And so I probably get into that round too locally. As far as outside of that, we'll see. But I might look at this right Huh? I'm very pleased to hear you do it. And it's like, I'm confident you'll get the position and, and kick butt too. It's like, you know, it, it started here. You know, and um, I don't know. You make me, you raise a very interesting point. Like, while I fully intend on running in 2024, I may want to look at local offices as well. You know, like, if only for the experience and, and you know, to put another bullet on the resume. 
but there's uh i want to figure out that's um uh, having um no card how do you say offices selected but it's something i would like to consider too yeah, and something I learned from, I was watching Rick Ross talk to Shannon Sharp on an mm -hmm. interview, and he said all the businesses he invested in is something he enjoys or he believes in. Like, okay. he doesn't do anything that he wouldn't be invested in personally, like he wouldn't enjoy doing it. I was like, so I know me improving neighborhoods and like transportation, those are like two big things for me. Like, that's huge for me. So I could see me going in that kind of arena. Um, and plus that wealth of experience and knowledge of being on the ground and being in those offices or whatever the case might be, being on the ground, like looking around, like, all right, this is our vision for this. Like, I think that'll be right up my alley as far as passion wise. Yeah, go for it, bro. I'll have to figure that out. Nah, nah, you got this. Just watch, uh, watch our show. <laughs> and um, step by step. I forgot. We can do that. That segment. Um, what else you got, man? What else you think about this episode 100? Once again, for all those who don't know, this is the end of the Upgrade America series. That doesn't mean we stop working. We just transition, as we say. Um, episode 100. I guess you know. As I mentioned, you didn't make uh, any money from from doing Upgrade America, and it's, I don't want that to discourage anyone getting into the to the podcast game. Because if you're doing it for the money, you uh, don't do <laughs> don't do podcasting. But I just wanted to say, like, if you keep playing the game, you will win. And it's wins don't have to be monetary. It can be in knowledge, information, or even in experience itself. And in my experience, the universe will always reward you for doing. Like just for just we did this, and the rewards that we reaped on so many levels. I can't I can't even tell you. I gotta emphasize none of them were monetary. But like the rewards, experiences, information, things of that nature, just from from doing this, were were immense. And so, if there's anything that I can, you know, throw out to to our upgraders out there who may be considering doing the same thing, like you, CJ, running for office, uh, small, small level, small or great, no matter what the outcome is, you're going to receive some sort of gift, some, if only an experience. So like, go out and and do, and and. That's, that's the meaning of life, pursuing your your, your dreams, your, your definition of, of happiness, and like just living up these experiences that we've been given. I had a great time. Yeah, like, man. Love it. This is uh, for, for so many benefits, and most importantly, just the, the venting, the self-expressions. I know I ranted a lot. <laughs> I did up a lot too. Dropped uh, quite an arsenal of f bombs, but it was therapeutic. You know, it, it was very therapeutic over over the, the years. You know, sharing information, getting positive feedback from people who were watching the show, seeing things in the you know 
that are, are corresponding to what we were saying happened in the news. Like it was an incredible feeling. And I dare and encourage someone else to, you know, step up and, and pick up the torch. And if there's something you're passionate about, like talk about it. There's other people who are just as passionate. And you know, you, you never know what can can grow from from there. But again, CJ bro, I appreciate your perseverance, your dedication and energy, you know, that, that you invested into to our beloved program it's there even if youtube scrubs it the episodes we got we can put that back up on uh you know on black owned entertainment i'm gonna look into strategize the best way to do it and, and make it happen man but what, what do you got for closing remarks um so all the generations below us this is your time uh, we're gonna be ogs in what 10 to 20 years it's coming. It's all. It's on y'all. That's we do this program for you guys too, because we know y'all are the leaders of this movement. We're just mainly. I feel like we're guides, and we're providing historical reference hmm. because we actually have been in both worlds. We've been in analog world, and we are in the digital world. Yes. So we're taking the mantle of what our parents would do for us. We're taking that mantle from them and we're providing our perspective and our guidance and our help. Um, I don't understand you guys at times, I'll be honest, but at the same time, we were young. We were, we were uh, idealistic. We still are. Um, it's really for you guys. End of the day, it's the generations below us. It's We do upgrade America for you guys, if you really think about it. It's not for the dinosaurs. They've done well, that. They're holding on to power. Indeed, because it's like as radical as are the ideas that we propose, it could very well be disease or whatever comes after that that puts these policies in the, into effect. So mm -hmm. I totally agree. We could be doing this for a generation in the future, you know? But, gang, it, it was a pleasure. Yeah, man. Uh, I so rewarding um it changed my life this this podcast changed my life um and it's something i can look back on and say yo i did it went all out my way you know and can went all out his way um yeah it's up to y'all we counting on y'all um, i know y'all can do good things i've seen it um there is hope in the future generations i don't give a fuck with the old folks <laughs> And I'll be honest, I say dumb shit sometimes, being old and rickety. But yeah, overall, so that First Amendment, while it's still here, say, yeah. say whatever you want, man. But I think that's another great thing we did with just like, and it's almost like at nauseum. Oh, yeah, your your freedoms are being taken away. Your freedoms are being taken away. But like, we harped on it at the beginning. We've seen it happen and continue to happen. And if anything, you know, wake up, call, stay vigilant. Yeah. This is this is it. But <sighs> Upgrade America, it's a show, but it's also an action item. Meaning, like, you out there, like, do your part to, to make it better. We're always encouraging people to be nice to one another. Yeah, be kind. It's free. Like people say, it's free to be nice. It really is. Do it. I'm like upgrading America, keep it clean. Like, 
throw your garbage in the, in the garbage can and like I don't know man like let's all try to make this place better and kumbaya all that good stuff yeah man uh, that's all I got man peace love blessings you know Appreciate it you upgrade us domestically and internationally you gonna hear me say it again ah man yeah, upload this for the last time. It's gonna be wild on the audio side. So it really is. Again, it was a journey. We went there. Air power. Space power. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is it. Episode one hundred for the history books. Stay tuned. Maybe some um. Let me chime in time to time. Give some updates. <laughs> If I can stomach the current events, uh, you know, hope we uh, hopefully we inspired uh, y'all out there, educated y'all, you know. But yeah. that's what we can do at the end of the day. But yo, love the support and everyone was and the feedback was great. Gonna miss y'all, upgraders. Yeah, upgraders. Live your life. Do it. Just go out and do it. The world is yours. I would catch you on the next episode, but this is it. Yeah. Alrighty, man. Catch y'all later, Facebook. Peace. Alright, IG. We out.